This is The Walking Dead. The Walking Dead? Yeah, you know that show on AMC? Heard of it. Also, me, most of Saturday afternoon. Ha ha. See what you did there. All right. Welcome in. Welcome, welcome to You're Not Wrong But, your weekly podcast from the road. This is Emily. I'm Donald. And we are here to recap what may be the longest day of both of our lives. Yeah. Want to fill uh, the listeners in? Sure thing. So we uh, we obviously did the pre-race uh, preview on the Beaverhead 100K. And now we've, uh, 62 miles later, we are back on the on the mic and ready to, to talk through it. 62 miles, a lot of sleep and a lot of uh, Netflix later, I should say. Yeah, this was supposed a rare to, day on our on our road trip. This was supposed to be uh, recorded on Sunday. It is being recorded Monday morning before we hit the road uh, because I decided to watch 10 episodes, probably close to seven hours of Netflix yesterday because that's where we were. And you can probably still hear it in my voice. I am uh, I'll put myself around 75%. Yesterday was hovering around 50. So we're uh, making steady improvements. But you're upright. So that that's one yeah. of those improvements. I'm upright and I can sit down by myself. So those are two big wins. <laughs> there we go. All right. Well, how are you feeling this morning? You seem a little perkier. You're not um, walking with stick legs right now. Yeah. Uh, I'm feeling better. I, I think the waking up yesterday or even going to bed yesterday, uh, Saturday night, after the race what are days we got we got so we woke up 1 30 in the morning on saturday morning to get to the race start at 4 a.m some would call that friday night uh, bar closing time but and i uh, funny enough i we did i did have a, a good luck text from one of my buddies on the east coast that literally would have been 4 3 30 in the morning i think it was so i responded to him within 45 minutes of him texting me and we were two time zones behind that is how middle of the night this wake up call was yeah so <laughs> Started the day at one thirty. We, um, by the time we got across the finish line, we hung out through what's called Golden Hour and, or most of Golden Hour, and, and got back to the hotel, and like in bed at like midnight. So uh, a good twenty two and a half hour day, and I, I didn't get a particularly good night's sleep that night. So yesterday ailments. I mean, bottom of the feet were sore. The quads were just are still destroyed, and um, I was I didn't have an appetite. Wasn't really thirsty, which. Uh, kind of have to force through those things and I didn't necessarily do a great job Saturday night or even yesterday. Mm-hmm. So all things considered, not bad. Those are those are signs that your uh body is like, what the heck did you just do to me? But yeah. speaking of that, those are all your ailments. Let's talk about the positive side. Uh initial thoughts on the race. Yeah. So uh I guess we not bury the lead any further. I mean, we, we mentioned I finished, but uh <laughs> finished in sixteen hours and ten minutes and some change. Uh I think forty seventh overall out of maybe 120 finishers, give or take. Sounds about right. Um, on the 100K side. Uh, yeah, it was, I mean, to go back to what we said on the podcast last week, the two goals were to finish, cross that finish line and, and smile a bit. Uh, and, you know, I we did check the first one off and actually checked the second one off pretty well. Um, pretty well. I would say so. So there's a good amount of smiling, at least one. When you saw me and then yeah. even when things got a little rougher. So uh, kind of break this race down, I guess we'll, We'll talk about it in three chunks. One was the first about marathon distance before yeah. the first aid station where we saw our crews. And then there was about 15, 20 miles of 15 miles of, of crewed aid stations. There's mm-hmm. three three aid stations along that stretch. And then there was a, a 22 mile stretch at the end that was you're on your own. And I think we talked about the scree fields last time. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
I would be fine never seeing another rock on a trail again. And, and it, I, they call it scree. It probably is more talon. Um, from what I've done a little research on, scree is a little more, it seems a little more broken up, smaller stuff. Talon is larger rocks. This was like, yeah, yeah, this was boulders, basically. Yeah, for those of you, I had no idea what either of these things were before we were previewing this race and getting ready. So I highly recommend Googling, or I'm sure Don will be happy to send photos, um, because it is... When you think of runnable trail, I do not think of Talon nor Scree. Yeah, I mean, you just had to, to walk that point. So I'm looking at the splits here, and I'll break it down by quarter real quickly. So the first quarter of the race, I went out, went out in 3.04. The second quarter was 3.16, so that was right around the, the 50K mark. You were moving. And, so, and then from there, we went 3.58. So that third quarter still... Decent, and, and I was talking to some folks and, and run with a guy named Andy who had done the race a few times before, and he said, yeah, I mean, he typically would split somewhere between the five and a half, six hour on the front half, and then nine to 10 hours on the back half, so I, I knew that was going to happen. Yeah, you told me at the, I think, second aid station that remarking that it might be a long, a bit of a longer day than you anticipated. Yeah, like a, a six, 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 a six, six split is not yeah. going to happen. Not it's, on this course. You know, either it's a, a five, eight or a six, ten. And so, yeah, and then that final quarter of the race brought it home in literally six hours. So uh, just looking at that quickly, 6.20 for the first half and then um, a little under 10 hours on the second half. So, I mean, that was hard That was hard mentally because I was thinking – I didn't really consider how hard the second half was going to be in terms of, of terrain and all that. And so we had kind of booked, mapped out our – our run or our plan in terms of like even splits pretty much i mean you we put it you put a little bit of variation in there based on elevation but the name of the game here wasn't even the elevation really i mean there's a lot of it but that wasn't going to affect your splits nearly as much as the terrain uh, i mean depending yeah I, so uh but yeah so all that being that that I, let's let's talk about that real quick because that was uh, i think the biggest my biggest takeaway from the day was getting to the point around mile 40 where i was like there was mm-hmm. two realizations I had at that point. One was this is going to be a longer day than I expected, you know, but by two, three, maybe four hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when you're already going for 12 to 14 hours, that's a long time and it's hard to wrap your head around that. And the second one was the elevation gain. And so there, I think it was pretty even back half and front half in terms of, I think it was about six and six, no, five and a half, five and a half, five but and yeah. Half, yeah. Uh, so eleven hundred feet of elevation gain. Eleven thousand. Keep saying eleven hundred. You're really not doing it justice. Eleven thousand feet of elevation gain with about thirteen thousand of descent. And if anyone's run the Boston Marathon or you know, think I'm trying to compare it back to that, you know, you know those downhills are what kill you. And I probably took it out a little hard on the hills mm-hmm. on this first half. And by the halfway point, knew my quads were in trouble. And so around mile forty, had that those two realizations that want the and. I guess the second realization I'm about to get to kind of led into the, the first one, which was I am not going to finish this race if I don't start hiking mm-hmm. right now because mm-hmm. my quads are not going to be able to go uphill very, very strongly. And then the 5,000 feet of decline in the, in the descent in the last five miles, I'd have to like roll, roll down the hill because I, you know, going to be a little pointy. Yeah. And just going downhill on those quads, which was not going to be yeah. conducive. So I made that decision around mile 40, 42, that uh, I'd been running with Andy for a good mark, a good point, maybe 10 miles or so. And he had started to gap me a little bit. Um, I'll blame, I'll blame. Uh, 
he's probably what, six six one or so, and so those those, long those, those longer legs made it easier on the uphills. But I quickly realized he also that, lives in the area and trains on these trails. Yeah, no, so no, I know, I know, and uh, it was just kind of funny because the other guy we were with, we were just laughing because Andy would just kind of always gap us a little bit, and then we'd we'd pull back on when we were kind of running a little bit, yeah. and I quickly realized you know around mile forty or forty two. I wasn't running the rest of the day, um, or at least for any significant mileage. And so we just got in hiking mode and just kind of kept those trekking poles moving forward. And had I had a time goal in mind and like, had, if I had a time goal in mind, that would have been a really hard decision to make. And it was a hard mm-hmm. decision regardless, but knowing I just had to get across that finish line, I think that was the true goal today because, or on, on Saturday, because I, looking back now, I was underprepared. I knew that. And that's why we kind of set this goal instead of a, a, a meteor goal. Yeah. Uh, so all in all, really actually pleased and, and proud with how I went through that process. Cause that was, and I, I won't, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. There was two aid stations where I was about to just DNF and say, screw it. But uh, I broke it down into small chunks and, you know, it was five miles at a time, which when you're hiking it's a long time, but aid station, aid station, scree field, downhill and just kept thinking if i hit each one one of those i was one step closer to that finish line and found friends along the way yeah and 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 i'll definitely get to that i just that was a a mindset mindset shift that i have not necessarily done had in the past and yeah so yeah that was like the one thing that stepped like jumped out to me on the car ride home that night that i i mentioned immediately was just that would have been a lot i might have just said screw it Mm -hmm. you know i'm not gonna make 12 hours or 14 hours or whatever I might've had in my head and said, all right, arbitrary number in your head. Yeah. And yeah. said like that, this, all right, then let's, let's get off the course and let's sit, let's lick, lick my wounds. And, uh, knowing that it was to get, get across the finish line and, and get another opportunity to put a ticket into Western States lottery. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did that. And so all in all, I think that was, um, really awesome. Yeah. I mean, there's so much to be proud of in this race. I think one, knowing that as we talked about, the training wasn't ideal, Coming in, you know, most of the runners were local. They were either Idaho, Montana, maybe a little bit of Washington. So they're used to the altitude, the elevation, um, and it not saying it's easy for them at all. It's definitely still extremely difficult. But, um, you know, doing this race in a year or two from now, you might be a little bit more prepared mentally for what you're about to encounter. But I think, you know, talking about the aid stations a little bit, the first aid station, you kind of came in running as we look back at video and photos, definitely a little bit too fast feeling pretty good. But, you know, the first thing he said to me was, and this was mile 27, about a marathon in, the first thing he said to me was, you know, I asked how you're feeling and you said bad. And so you are already, I think it's easy to forget a little bit when you compare to later on, but you're already feeling a little bit not as strong as you would have hoped at that point. And, you know, by aid station number two, it was feeling better, but now my stomach. And so, you know, during those long races, you're going to be going through those ups and downs and all parts of your body. And then by aid station number three, you were feeling better, running with people, feeling a little bit strong, you know, the nausea had passed. And so it kind of felt like it was almost on an uptick. And then you faced what you faced the last 20 miles. So I think to kind of, you know, from an outsider's perspective, I was, it was definitely still up and down in the middle areas as well. Sure. Yeah. I I think that's, that's right. Um, I had something I want to say about the first thing. First aid station. Oh yeah, and that's what. So the one other thing that we didn't mention yet was, you know, the A, the AQI, the air quality down mm-hmm. in Salmon said it was going to be thirty. 
we were up there. It was pretty hazy. You could taste it in the, in your mouth a little bit. And so I think that was why I came into that first one feeling pretty bad. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, at a certain point, you just kind of, if you run with smoke for 30 miles, what's the difference between running with yep. it for 60? But that first, I think that was a piece of it that I wanted Definitely. to mention. Um, and I know a couple of people did drop out because of smoke. Yeah. Uh, and then it was funny. Everyone... It felt like everyone was saying the same line, and I couldn't tell if everyone thought it independently or had everyone heard it from other heard. other people. But they're like, "Well, at least the, the good thing about the smoke is it's keeping it cooler." It's which, like how people talk about the heat in Arizona. At least it's dry heat. Yeah. Everyone says it. No one really knows who started it. Exactly, and so, and you know, it, it was cooler than it mm-hmm. was expected to be, and so I can't argue with that side of it. But uh, I can tell. I mean, my voice, and I think all, and how I've been feeling in my head the last day and a half. So I, hacking up along a little bit. Yeah, it's probably... smoke. Um, yeah, <laughs> Justin, I think, who, who someone said it when we were crossing the finish line. Like, oh, at least I had my, you know, 60 cigarettes today. Because it kind of felt like that Gosh. every every mile. Um, so, yeah, so I think that... And, and you're right. You know, there was bad points and it was up and down. But the air quality one was definitely... Mm-hmm. Um, was definitely tricky to, to navigate. What was your favorite aid station? Any aid station provide like that much needed boost of, I don't know, took that pickle juice pretty well. but Yeah. And the, the pickle juice shot was probably uh, good in theory and bad in, bad, in, bad in practice during the race. I, cause I, you know, I love, I'll drink pickle juice uh, much to many of my friends chagrin uh, right out of the jar, but not during, during the race is a little tough. Uh, best aid station. So there was I'm trying to think of the, there's one at the end that stands out. I'm trying to think if I'm, I don't want to oh, miss any. No, it was that one. It was Yonkey Lake, uh, mile 51, I believe. Yep. Uh, and we were about to head into the scree field. So this was kind of Yonkey Lake. It was kind of, you get, get there, you get to the scree field and then you're it's the last cutoff time. Then so you're it's, downhill. It's big. Yeah. And got there and had been walking, hiking with some guy, with another guy and getting there and they've got boiled potatoes. It's the first time we had potatoes all day, which was, I had been struggling to get food, like uh, solid food down. I really had no appetite for gels and nutrition. And so potatoes were perfect. So it's just, there's mm-hmm. no taste, throw a little salt on it. Uh, did that. And they had a guy with a misting fan coming around. It, so they, and they were, they were having a good time. Um, and I think it was probably because everyone's like, all right, like that was that point of no return yeah. where, you know, they knew once they got, once they left that aid station, they were going to make, make to the finish. It might take a while, but they're going to make it. And so that, yeah, that one stand out mainly because of the potatoes. There was one. What about the smoothies? Smoothies were good, but okay. the potato was, potato was, I wouldn't have key. made it to the smoothies at the last one had I not had the potato. Fair. Uh, there was one at, I think 38, maybe it was cut out, it cut out aid station or Goldstone that had bacon and yes, i i literally so and besides my you know more <laughs> my tendency nowadays to to eat uh infrequently meat infrequently i like literally looked at the bacon and i was like i'm gonna throw up well the funny part was is everyone comes in you know i i got to cut out probably by runner number 10 and you were runner number 30 i think at that point so or even faster but anyways there are 20 people coming in every single person smells the bacon sees the bacon goes straight for the bacon so excited to get this down um everyone you know i thought i saw people there just standing there for five minutes eating the bacon don runs in you know i get him one gel he walks over he sees the bacon doesn't even just like say it out loud but physically turns around and walks away from the bacon saying, oh, that's something I can't smell right now. And it gave the aid station workers a good laugh. Yeah, it was pretty, it was strong. Um, yeah. So other aid station kind of points that I think we should just call it quick. One, uh, 
the we I got a new hat that had a couple like spots for ice in it, and I think that was good. Also, we just were I was dumping literally just cubes of ice down Over front of, front and back of my shirt, and it, all all which way it was nice with the pack on. It would sit in my top of my back, so right like typically if you just put ice down your shirt, it's gonna fall, fall yeah. all the way down. It'd hang out there, and then with my my heart rate monitor, that kind of kept it up. As so, mm-hmm. I had you know ice consistently kind of around my chest, and I I never overheated during the day. Uh, and I, in hydration wise, early in the day was good, middle of the day was okay, and end of the day was probably not great. But I never, I mean, I was going through. 32 to 40 ounces of water every five miles. Yeah, I mean, which, you were, at least when I saw you, refilling your waters pretty consistently at aid station, which is always a good sign. Yeah, so that, you know, I, I don't think there was a strategic error there. I think there's probably something, some takeaway about nutrition and trying to figure out, uh, well, A, doing some longer runs to test these things, but uh, just taking some longer days and figure out, all right, what can I actually get down? Because I did a lot of Morton early on and mm-hmm. I kind of stomach tasted that, but then, you know, couldn't get really any solid food down. So that's something that we'll have to play. I'll have to play around with that dried, uh, passion fruit. You actually liked better than I think. Yeah. Oh, there's a win purchase. I think that's why it came to my mind. Yes. You know, it wasn't on the list and it ended up being pretty helpful. No, some dried fruit is actually probably a pretty good idea. Uh, so that was the, that was the aid station stuff. I think the only thing that I have left that I wanted to talk about maybe, uh, before we get to like the finish line is, uh, just folks I ran with. Right. Yeah. So started the race off, you know, there's only 170 people at the start of the 100K. Uh, we're at, you know, one of the, the one of the passes, if you will, that separates mm-hmm. uh, Idaho and Montana along the Continental Divide. And yeah, so got out fine, was probably right. I mean, based on the aid station n- numbers, I was right in the top 20. Yeah. And it didn't feel like that, I'll, I'll be honest. I thought I didn't really push it up the hill to start there's a little hill to hill to climb to start i didn't really push it up i like they had warned you that you wanted to be up there enough because there's gonna be a congo line and everyone's kind of starting to walk and you're gonna be stuck and so i got up there started walking a little bit adjusting based on my heart rate and said and kind of felt felt out a good spot and i ended up running by myself for the first 10 to 12 miles of this thing which was actually great because it was it was dark i wanted to be focused on you couldn't you had had your headlamp on you really couldn't see much outside Mm -hmm. of that and uh, I was able to get into a groove, not push, not push too hard, whatnot. And coming out the second aid station, I think I, I found um, a woman, Darla, who was looking like she was going at a good pace. I, we were, we kind of right around the same spot, and I kind of started chatting with her, and we ended up running together for maybe about 10, 10 maybe even. 15 miles close but, to I, mean, I, I was 13 you were still with her when i saw you at so 26 at 15, yeah. yeah and so uh she was great and she has run run western she won or got a golden ticket to that race back in 2012 uh has done hard rock a bunch of times lives in bend so we were chatting up bend as listeners of the podcast will know our affinity her for bend, for bend. Our, oh her friends this is her friends actually own active culture that's awesome. Which and apparently they've got a few kind of not knockoff, but other types of stores down in the uh, Laguna Beach area. All right, we'll have to look that up. So, uh, so that was good, and, she, and but and she was strong. She was just she was moving pretty strong, and coming out of I think the the first aid station that we connected on, there was a, a massive hill, like a mile straight up hill, and we stuck together there, and then she eventually started running a little bit more, and I was mm-hmm. and I again was able to the hard part about that is 
in a marathon you can generally run with people for most of the race if you're like if you're yeah. on the same spot but if you try to keep up with someone that you're having a conversation with for too long you're just going to come back to bite you and i don't know if that necessarily happened there because i i was at that pace and i was feeling good yeah, I, she, you were fine. I was pulling her just as much as she was yeah. pulling me at times if, if anything else i was talking so much i forgot to take some nutrition or some water at points but uh minor things and then so yeah so left her and then andy who's a salmon lo- a native here not native but a local now um had caught up to me and, and we had a good 10 15 miles of, of hike and running and he was great i just uh kind of what i call salt of the earth people and uh and a lot of good conversation there i took a digger when we were together so i, I fell once during the race uh luckily kind of fell on my right shoulder cut up my my left hand a little bit but nothing nothing that was just get up and keep going uh so he kept he kept me going through the sec the middle half of that race and honestly if it wasn't for him i would have probably kept going too hard because i had overheard him say that you know six ten hour thing and uh so yeah kudos to andy for for keeping me going through that middle section there and then got to the screen got to yonkey actually and one of the guys that kind of come and passing a little bit and, and playing a little um like loop de loop with and it's not the right leapfrog. word leapfrog thank you loop de loop justin we end up kind of meeting up out coming out of yonkey lake aid station and you know his foot was hurting him and i i think he's getting a check down now i heard it was pretty black and blue on on saturday sunday morning but uh so he was kind of walking getting a little running in and that's about all i can muster and so we ended up bringing in the last 10, 11 miles together. And that was, uh, that was good. Cause I, that would have been a long five, four hours by myself. So, uh, we finished together and then hung out the, the evening with his family, which was really nice. It was really nice. Yeah. So it was good to got some good finishing video and finishing photos of his daughter trying to chase you two through yeah. the finish line. Don almost ran her over, but yeah. everyone survived. Yeah. Uh, so overall, I and mean, to bring this home, I really, two days removed pleased with the effort uh i think that's what we were based on what what, what i put in what i could what, what i could have got out of it excited to uh rest up a little bit here um overall i mean course was hard in everything i said before the race in terms of how the, what the website was saying about like is, is this 100k for you uh lived up to that potential and so kudos to the race team for making it a really darn hard race they call it mini hard rock and that maybe might might be my bud for next rate my our next podcast is why is it called hot hard rock is there just a lot of rock there because for most people don't know what hard rock is but it's another it's, it's one of the most famous difficult yeah 100, western sta- 100 miles, 100 miles. Yeah. western states leadville uh hard rock, hard rock yeah. probably one or two others that were omitting from the yeah. the domestic side at least uh so yeah i mean great course we saw the sunrise you're on the cdt for those 50 miles and uh as my you know Thinking very quickly, I'm like, Brian, who was about to hike the CDT, I I can't imagine. That's got to be such a hard effort. Uh, and gave me, just running 50 miles of, of that trail gave me a lot more, uh, not even a lot more respect. Just like really put into perspective what through hikers are doing on those mm-hmm. trails. So all that said and done. Uh, How did I do? Yeah, I, yeah, and crew was great, and, and Emily for her first crew did a really good job, and that was such a pandering comment. Um, is that the right word? A little bit, a little bit. Um, 
Fishing. You were fishing there. You were fishing for the compliment. I talked about you this whole time. I know. You have well this, I, I crewed for nineteen straight hours. No, that, I get some kudos. No, yeah. And you did great. I and mean, we had set up a plan ahead of time what food was needed where and, and honestly the water was the, the, the biggest mm-hmm. part. Just having like quick water stops. Uh, I don't think any of our aid stations were overly long, but like in terms of like no. needing to like wait for something, it was more like me making sure I get the food in my food that I needed, uh, and had some time there. So no, you did great. Didn't get lost. The car got uh, disgustingly dirty, and our bikes got dirty. But that was no fault of your own. That's no, more just the not. the environment around us. Um, but yeah, uh, did you enjoy it? I did enjoy it. I had some great aid station friends. Shout out to my new pals from Holland, Michigan, and Whitefish, Montana, and all sorts of other places. Boise, Idaho. Boise, Idaho. Lots of new friends. Um, you know, you get to these aid stations, and you kind of see the same people. Aid station, aid station, because it's the same 10 to 20 runners coming in always around the same time. And so, yeah, just had a blast meeting new people, uh, kind of met a lot of also first time crewers. So that was pretty fun. Nice. Um, ended up chatting with the woman who was crewing the the woman who'd eventually come in in second place. And so got to hear her story, I think second place in her first ultra. Um, yeah. And so just pretty awesome. Um, and then got to hang at the finish line for four and a half hours and see all of the uh, pained, happy, joyous, just in disbelief faces coming through. And that was, I mean, I, I you know, a little dig there at how long I was at the finish line because of when we thought you might finish um, before we knew what the trail was like. But I say that in reality more so because I got to watch the 55K runners come in, the 100K runners come in, and it was just pretty awesome to see. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. Well, Let's uh, let's wrap it there. We're about to head to the Teton, so a little programming update. We are uh, we haven't mentioned we've, yeah. What's next? We, so we haven't talked about a good week and a half of our trip actually that yeah. took us through um, Spokane. Or we talked about Spokane. No, we didn't. Spokane, yeah. Lane, yeah. Glacier, Hamilton, Stevensville, uh, Stevensville, Bozeman, Bozeman. So we've got a good chunk of trip that we need to yeah. cover. Uh, but we are going to the Tetons for a week. Going to be off the grid with uh, Brian. So really excited for that. So programming update, this will go up either today or tomorrow morning, and then we'll probably take a week off because we're not going to be able to record, get caught up. So Probably get something up in about 10 days. Yeah, so we'll be back, um, but for now, I'm going to try to waddle my way through the Tetons. Waddle your way through the Tetons, you will. Awesome, Emily. Well, appreciate all the support this weekend, and uh, I should have said this at the beginning, but thanks for everyone, all the text uh, calls, whatever whatever they might have been. Uh, well wishes throughout the last week and, and this weekend. Really appreciate it and uh, excited. It was just, again, we, I know I'd raced a few weeks ago, but this was fun to to get the, the big race for off the calendar for this year. Agreed. On to the next 100K. On to the next one. All right. Till next time. Thanks, See ya. Everyone. Bye.